0: Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell, with me, Simon Aiken, and
1: and I'm Keith Isles, and we're both independent filmmakers and lifelong fans of cinema and related media. And for this podcast extra, we're happy to be joined by our friend and filmmaker Clive Ashenden. Welcome, Clive.
2: Hello, very happy to be here talking about uh, horror movies. Oh, spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, uh, Fright
1: Fest 2016, which uh, was d- just this past weekend. So uh, we thought we'd do a, a quick podcast extra to tell you a little bit about the uh, the highlights, etc. From that.
2: Yeah, w- w- we we couldn't watch everything, but we we did our darndest, didn't we? We did
0: well I didn't <laughs> <laughs> yes uh as as everybody who listens to this show knows uh I said I wouldn't be attending and it was kind of half true I uh, I was I, I actually turned up at the venue uh but I only got to see one film I didn't have a, a ticket for the whole event so I was uh I was there sort of Friday for a little bit and then Saturday for a little bit and then uh most of Sunday and Monday but uh my time there I got to see one film which wasn't very good
1: oh dear oh dear (laughs) (laughs) well I mean as, as usual it was a bit of a mixed bag um but you know that that's the good thing that is kind of the beauty of horror really is is the amount of variety that you get because obviously there are lots of sub genres and mixed genres and films from all over the world of various budgets and types in there so uh you know that there's always i think it's always going to be a mixed bag when it comes to uh you know watching this many movies over a long weekend and of course for this one we had a new venue as well so it was a slightly different vibe to previous fright fests uh, even though it's only my fourth one but i know from your point of view clive you've you've been doing it for bloody years haven't you so uh what did you think of the new venue?
2: On the whole, I thought it was it was really uh, really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, the fact that it was in uh, Shepherd's Bush made it made it have a very different feel. Um, and what was what was nice was basically uh, the whole cinema got taken over by fright festers. There weren't any uh, there weren't any normals there. You know, it, it, it was just people watching horror movies the whole time um and that was great so we kind of had our we, we, we kind of had our own little uh shopping center to ourselves rather like dawn of the dead um, <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that that side of it and i liked everything at, at that particular view cinema uh everything is all on the one level and it, it was really it was it was nice and sort of spread out and they didn't really not so sort of, they got quite a wide kind of atrium area so it it meant that even when it was sort of busy you were able to sort of get through, okay, all the groups of people without fighting, uh, you know, or sort of, you know, sort of jostling with people. Um, and that was really nice. I mean, on the downside, there wasn't really, in the because you weren't in Leicester Square, there wasn't that area outside where you could congregate and and really talk about stuff because basically you were on the main road. And also, because we were, we were not near Notting Hill, there was a bit of a sort of, spillover with the carnival which meant that uh when you came out of the screenings very late at night the atmosphere was a little bit charged and um a bit dicey at times uh, on on this on the street you had to uh, uh if it, it, it felt a little bit dangerous but
1: I, i'm not sure which was more horrific
2: <laughs> <laughs> well there we go yeah
0: what did you think of the new venue keith
1: Yeah uh, it it definitely had a different vibe Um, I mean I managed my first year was the the last year at the Empire in the big screen when everybody was all together so I experienced kind of the last year of that and then obviously the that the previous two years have been at the view in Leicester Square Um, this one obviously being at the view in Shepherd's Bush it did have a different feel and vibe to it but different didn't necessarily mean better or worse. It just meant different. And um, I thought the actual screens themselves were great. Uh, you, you know, to be fair, the uh, the, the View Cinema staff, um, you, you know, conducted everything quite well, I thought, generally. Um, and it was nice to have, you know, plenty of variety of places to go eat uh, between the films. Uh, this year, one of the things they did do very well was the sort of pacing in terms of you had enough gap between films to actually, uh, y- you know, go and have something to eat and have a proper break rather than the sort of mad panic to get from one film to another, which I experienced a few times uh, in Leicester Square. But uh, but yeah, I-, I think it worked well. And, uh, um, y- you know, uh, I- I- some people had problems with it. Obviously, um, y- you know, there were some of the regulars, if you like, that uh, that weren't there for the duration this year. But um, but but most of the faces that we're used to seeing at Fright Fest turned up, even if it was only for a day.
0: <laughs> you, you, you're not mean like uh, Mike Tack t- turning up on the last day then?
1: Yeah, well, Mike yeah. Tack turned up on the last day. It was good to see him. Uh, obviously, Jason Braun was there for the duration. Uh, my good friend Graham Curry was there uh you know and andrew lunn i saw briefly uh i think he was only there on the first day perhaps but um uh you know and i'm, I'm going to be terrible now because i've started mentioning names and there's going to sure <laughs> to be people that i've that i've not mentioned that i should have but there are a lot of people there
0: <laughs> i i will just say thrown in my own sixpence worth um that uh, we sorely missed um a, a place we could, uh, congregate afterwards, like say like the Imperial or the Phoenix.
2: So the Wetherspoons there didn't cut it for you then, Simon?
0: Um, it was nice, but we, there wasn't, uh, well, the thing is we're, we used to having like the after show party on the last day where we all congregate at the Phoenix and we're there to like, you know, four or five in the morning.
2: I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This year they had a lock in at the view which finished at 12 o'clock and i know some people went to the uh ibis hotel nearby but then but nobody knew that there wasn't like an open invite to it, it was you know it was only those in the know
1: oh right yeah. i must admit i've never experienced that I, I must shout out as well sorry i said i missed people didn't i <laughs> did. uh, J- jason finn thank you so much jason finn he was he was there and um uh very kindly bought uh, well you and me simon wasn't it dinner one evening yes, which did. Uh, was completely unexpected and i'm very grateful of him doing that so thank you jason <laughs> <laughs> if you're there and you're like he didn't mention me damn it <laughs> there's there's a load more i'm sure <laughs> yes
0: so as f- as the f- uh, selection of films this year what was the general consensus was it a good year a bad year a
1: so-so year I would say um, it was one of those, it was a consistent year. And what I mean by that is that, you you know, whereas some years you get some absolutely outstanding films and some absolute, you know, appalling films, from what I saw and, and, you know, I didn't see everything obviously, but, you know, most things were of a fairly decent standard I felt
2: um what do you what do you think clive um i'd say it was a good year um it's it, for i don't think there was any i don't think it was necessarily like uh, like it being like a landmark year you know there, there are occasional years where if we feel like there are like one or, or two or even you know occasionally three sort of films where you think okay that's going to be like a classic in in sort of you know sort of in upcoming years, you know, that, 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 uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen things together now for the first time, which are going to sort of be important in the, in the, in genre. And, uh, although we saw some very good films, I don't know that we necessarily saw anything like that sort of ground, that sort of earth shattering, but, you know, not to say I didn't see films I enjoy because I did.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, there, there was a lot of talk about the, the opening night, uh, not being, again, you know, I've only got sort of four years to uh, to draw off of, but um, a lot of people felt that the opening night uh, maybe wasn't as strong as, as it is sometimes. You, you know, there was a, a big sort of Hollywood uh, film on the opening night, a film called Cell, uh, which is based on a Stephen King novel and starred John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, it was one of those films where uh, it started off extremely good, and you, you know, uh, two thirds of it w- was really strong. But then, and I found this with a few Stephen King adaptations, sometimes the uh, the, the last third for me, I kind of um, I kind of lost it slightly, uh, and I think that was a consensus with most people.
2: I don't know. I'd agree with you that it's it's, it's a big Hollywood film. Because I think it's wow. actually quite low budget, but um, but I, I would agree that it, you know, it started quite well and it, and it um, was ultimately a little bit disappointing. But
1: yeah, I mean, I'm, when I said Hollywood, I mean, it, you know, the one with the big names in it, you know, the, oh, the, the sure, yeah. and Samuel Jacksons, as opposed to people we have never heard of or seen on television or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of. Um, uh, it, it was just mediocre, unfortunately, and it's a shame because it started so well, <laughs> but it but it just didn't quite deliver at the end. <laughs> so, was there any big stars there this year? Uh, no, not really. There were a lot of filmmakers that came over, <laughs> but you,
2: but your favourite Dominic Monaghan uh, Moynihan was there.
1: <laughs> like I said, not really. No. <laughs> um, yes, you're right. Dominic Monaghan was probably the. Uh, the, the, the biggest name um he was in a film called pet uh which screened on the second day i believe and um yeah he came to basically introduce it and do a q a afterwards and uh yeah i thought that was you know that that was one of the stronger films of the festival actually i thought that was uh very very good very well done um and yeah good good to have him there supporting it i guess
0: but uh, no, uh, like big guest of the year. Then there's no um, big, because last year we had Barbara Crampton, and the year before that we had Robert England.
2: No, yeah, I think I, I think uh, another sort of change this year is is you had the headline sponsor changed mm. um, to to Horror Channel, and also with the move out of Leicester Square, I think that that did maybe affect uh, how they could sort of attract the big, big-name guests, if you see what I mean. But at the same time, you know, they had this whole PR thing going on where it, well, there's this new sort of partnership with Screen International, where Screen International were giving me a lot of uh, international coverage, and and there was this new award for Rising Horror Star.
1: Okay. Who did that go to? I have no idea that even went to. <laughs>
2: um, it went to the uh it went to the the sort of star and and director of of prevenge uh, alice Alice lowe from sightseers okay
1: right but that film's not finished yet is it no no yeah okay because she was pregnant when she made it hence prevenge right
2: uh yes it's it's a revenge movie uh with where the pregnant or a heavily pregnant lady is doing the revenging okay uh it's it's you know like a comedic uh sort of horror thriller i think right. uh, but hopefully we'll see that next year at No fest
1: yeah i mean there were there were some films that were very inspiring there from the point of view as of they had the filmmakers present and you know some of them were people that you know had been to FrightFest previous years uh, weren't necessarily filmmakers and decided to you know get off their backsides and and make something and actually you know got it got it screened um and anybody who can do that you know we we all know us three in particular how uh how difficult it is to get stuff made and uh you know anybody that achieves that um you know I've got to take my hat off too even if I think you know even if I watch the film and you know I find bits of it you know amateurish or mistakes in it or things of that nature you know the fact that they even got it made and got it screened is an achievement so mm. there were a few films like that across the uh, the board this year um you, you know which which as i say i have to compliment the filmmakers for uh, for doing that because uh you know the green-eyed monster definitely sets in when you see someone up there with a with a feature on the main screen particularly when you know as i'd mentioned on a previous podcast i actually submitted the last short that i did and and sadly it didn't didn't get accepted so um so any anyone who can get it in there i'm uh, uh, you, you know i'm impressed by
0: <laughs> yeah um so guys uh what were your what what were your picks of f- from the festival what films did you like
2: clive do you want to go first Uh, okay how do you want to do this you want to do you want a top five uh top three what what do you want
0: well just what films stood out for you it doesn't matter how many
2: okay um i guess the the ones that stood out for me most were uh, uh beyond the gates uh directed by jackson stewart which is very much a sort of love letter to um uh to 80s horror and in particular to sort of uh, sort of S- Stuart Gordon uh, uh, of kind of reanimator and from beyond, sort of period. Um, and it's this whole thing about these two estranged brothers who come back together after their father's sort of disappearance to sort of clear out his old like video and DVD emporium and find a uh, I find one of those old uh, VHS uh, like board games they used to do things mm-hmm. like Atmosphere, um, and only the, the, this one's called Beyond the Gates. And when you put it into the thing, uh, and uh, they discovered that this is the last thing that their, their dad was playing before he before he disappeared and uh, so what you get is basically almost like a horror riff on jumanji oh, okay and uh, so you know they put they, they put the uh, the tape in and and lo who appears barbara crampton
1: <laughs> yeah and,
2: and 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 of course we all want that to happen don't we when we put a vhs in absolutely
1: um, <laughs> um especially mike tack um but no i i, I was going to say as well on that note um that 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 too is one of you know, one of the standout ones for me. And I think, uh, you, you know, it was clearly a labor of love uh, by the filmmakers. And, you know, they obviously, you know, grew up in that same generation that we all did, you know, with the, the 80s horror films and whatever, but they, they really used their imagination. I mean, I, I thought the imagination behind this and behind telling this story was was really, really well done. So, yeah, good pick, Clive. I, I'd agree with you 100 percent on that one.
0: Oh, it's, uh, Keith, what was a pick for you?
1: Well, um, just look, at, oh, I really enjoyed a film. It was shown on the last day and I knew nothing about it and uh, went in to see it called Director's Cut. And uh-huh, uh, yeah. the, the, the reason, I mean, this was right up my uh, alley in so much is it's set up as if you're watching a film with audio commentary. Oh, OK. <laughs> and uh, the, 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 the guy is sort of talking you through the film and explaining why he is going to make various changes to the film uh, that we're watching. OK, and you kind of go with it again. In terms of using imagination, this is very well thought through. <laughs> and basically, it, you know, it's, uh, it turns out that this guy is kind of obsessed, an obsessed stalker with the uh, with the main actress in the film, and kind of ends up re-editing and even reshooting some of the film <laughs> to kind of get close to this actress. And it's it's very amusing and very clever and and just. The, the thing about it is all of the things he kind of adds are cheesy as hell. However, the actual film behind it is a really well-made film. So, you, you know, you have to sort of admire the craft of, of what they did with this. And apparently this film was entirely made through crowdfunding. And they had at the end a list of it must have been well over a thousand people that had um Uh, you you know donated to get this made but I don't want to say too much about it because it will ruin it but uh, I hope it gets a release director's cut is a really good fun horror comedy adventure
0: (laughs) didn't it have pen and teller in it
2: that's it, it, it did the the uh, the the direct the uh, in quotes director who's doing the commentary and who's stalking the lead actress Missy Pyle
1: mm.
2: uh, is, uh, is 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 himself. Ah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely concur with what with what you're saying there, <laughs> uh, Keith. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's very funny. Also, very good to see Harry Hamlin. Uh, you know. Uh, in 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 a film
1: yes. uh,
2: so so but yeah and and uh i, I liked also like uh lynn shay's cameo
1: yes as, they got lynn uh, shay in there as the police captain <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it was it was really good because as i said it's supposed to be this film called knocked off about um uh you know a serial killer that copies serial killers from the past and they're investigating that and then as i said he's kind of redone this film but it's it's very clever what they've done with it and it it really works and it really plays on the whole anybody that makes movies and listens to commentaries and all of that it it ticks all of those boxes because it is done very well uh while still making fun out of it as well
0: <laughs> oh so definitely up your street
1: it was great i really enjoyed it you know you go into some of these things this is what i do enjoy about fright fest i tend not i know i know clive you're pretty good at researching stuff prior to um i tend with fright fest to just turn up and and watch stuff and not really know anything about it and this was one of those films that uh completely took me by surprise. Uh in fact that that last day was a strong day because there was also another sort of low budget independent film uh called Monolith, which was about a, you know, like a futuristic car and a mother and a mother and her child uh on, on this sort of adventure. And again, I knew nothing about this going into it. And uh you know, I, I found that quite an enjoyable film
2: also.
0: Clive, what was another pick for you?
2: Um, I'm going to have to sort of flag up the obvious one, uh, and that's uh, Train, to, Train to Busan, the, the closing night film. Uh, you know, it had been sort of touted as the sort of, you know, biggest hit of its sort of territory ever. Uh, this sort of, I guess, uh, Korean answer to World, Wars, World War Z, uh, where it's... Um, this this story of this father and his daughter uh, on this train that's full of uh, well, uh, like viral type uh, sort of twenty eight days later zombies, um, and it's just it, it nine is, is a really good action movie with which with some incredibly spectacular sequences and some bits which sort of remind you of the raid and things like that. Mm. It's also it's it's also a film with a lot of heart, and and it actually it's one of those films where it actually takes a lot of time to really sort of sort of establish all the characters involved, so you really care about everyone, and and it keeps making non Hollywood type choices in terms of who's going to die, who's going to survive, and, and and it was one of those films where where at the end uh, people were crying,
0: yeah, you know, because yeah. they
2: were they were they were really moved by it. Um, and you know, it, it is it's a it's a, it's a massive thrill ride. Is the main thing of it, but it is a, it is actually quite moving at the end.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Also, I mean, this this was a, went down really well on the last night. I mean, you know, we've got a zombie apocalypse taking place on a fast moving train, right? Which is a great concept in itself. But the thing is, you wouldn't you wouldn't actually believe that in that kind of film, you would invest and care so much for the ensemble of characters that that are really well set up in this and you know obviously no because it's a Korean film you know nobody that really stands out as being somebody that we know that's that that, that, you know oh they're obviously going to be the hero or they're going to be the villain or whatever but also you know like clive said sort of juxtaposing a lot of those uh tropes as well and 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 you know it was really moving and to think that it's moving you're watching a film in a foreign language reading subtitles yet you are still that invested in those characters and that moved by those characters so that was a real surprise yes a real surprise and um everybody i spoke to liked that one i mean um you you, you know i know uh jason and graham really loved it mike tack um said that you know we i texted him and he said he thought it was fantastic as well so that was a really smart one to end the festival on and um a real
2: surprise yeah Yeah. a real surprise
0: so a a much better uh, ending film than last year's one clive
2: you're gonna remind me what last year's ending (laughs) film was because uh, it was uh,
0: it was your pick for movie hell Oh, was it? It was tales of it was tales of Halloween.
2: Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't think was that bad,
1: but yeah, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, that it, great it, either. I will I see a film I didn't particularly enjoy this year. Um, again, it sounded like it would be really good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of the title of it. That it's it's basically the one where. The, the, the monster from the ring fights the monster from the grudge. <laughs> uh,
2: Sadaku versus uh, Kayaku. Okay,
1: yeah. Um, that, you know, I was kind of hoping that would be kind of a Freddy versus Jason type thing. And, God, it took a long time to get going. You basically had, you know, a whole sort of ring film and a whole grudge film before the two things even met. And then when they did, it was... Well, I thought somewhat of an anti-climax, to be honest. Um, I don't know what did you think, Clive.
2: I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I took a little bit of a micro nap in in that film, so, <laughs> so, so, so so that there are large gaps in in my appreciation of it. I, I was sort of enjoying it to begin with. It was it's it's not it's not scary in the least. It's very silly, but I was sort of enjoying its sort of, I guess, like uh, like rubbish cover versionness, if that's if that's a thing. Um, and then and then at the end it, it, the the sort of the the, the final confrontation uh, uh, did make me chuckle so uh uh well look, let's just hope there's not a follow up um because yeah
1: well i think they're actually rebooting them aren't they after this i think that's the plan again or whatever <laughs> so um uh, I have to mention as well another film I really enjoyed. This was right up my alley and um, made me smile, and I, and I had a good time with it. As did someone else I haven't mentioned. Stuart Wright was sat in with us on this film, and I could tell he enjoyed it. Was uh, a film called The Neighbor, which is made by the same people that made The Collector um, a few years back, and uh, yeah, it, that 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 was that was a lot of fun it was real on the edge of your seat stuff and again with a few twists and surprises that you don't normally expect from that type of movie um but uh yeah i i I thought that was a lot of fun also
0: well the film i saw uh which wasn't much fun was called downhill and i think the the title summed it up it was uh by the same director that did hidden in the woods which uh was uh, famous for its uh, uh blowjob montage yeah well downhill was about uh, well I, I i call it stupid people doing stupid things it was about a a, a pair of um downhill racers or you know they're like mountain bike right ride, riders and they go down to chile because their friend is gonna he's he's organized a race with sponsorship and stuff and this will be the return of this uh, rider because uh, in a previous race, his best friend died in an accident and he kind of retired from the from the sport and that's all fine. And then once they get to Chile and they get up the mountain, that's when it goes really stupid. And, you know, if you find somebody who's obviously infected, the, the thing you do is you carry them along, you know, through the woods, uh, especially when a group of, you know, um, a, a gang of, you know, of... of of thugs are chasing you and you know there's no there's no positive outcome for this guy they're not going to cure him they they don't know a doctor and um and it's kind of like one of those things it's like right i'm going to run off and i'm going to get some help and you're going well obviously you're going to die and (laughs) you know it just got this whole stupid thing about um you know devil worship and all that kind of stuff and yeah they they he they finally make it to a cabin and he's on the radio and there's there's a voice on the other end and it's like you know having seen so many films when you hear a voice on the other end it's not necessarily help
1: now i didn't see that one and i'm quite glad because i've, I've not met one person that did see it that actually liked it everybody said it was bad So that's one to avoid, I guess. I'll I'll tell you what was an interesting film. It was a bonkers film, but it was quite fun, was there was an Argentinian film called White Coffin, and it was really bizarre, but at the same time kind of enjoyable. You you enjoyed that one, didn't you, Clive, as well, yeah? Some people hated it. I found it divided I
2: did. It it really split the audience. Uh, Your friend uh, uh, Graham particularly loathed it, I, I seem to remember. Um, and, and and as did a couple of our neighbours uh, who left uh, before it finished. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I had really, really good time with it. I liked that it had a, it, it. sort of it went to a place you didn't really expect with the ending, um, and it and it was it was kind of surreal in its logic. It had a very kind of dream logic thing going on, but then uh, uh, yeah. But then it it was sort of tapping into sort of magic, magical realism and things like that. So, yeah, it it, it was one of those. It's it's really nice to sort of watch, um, you know, you you get a chance to watch horror movies from all these from sort of different film cultures to our own. And you and, and sometimes you can get sort of used to just the conventions of of, you know, British, American, Canadian, Australian sort of cinema. And then it's sometimes it's really refreshing just to see something which is rooted in a completely, completely different way of viewing the world. You know, this, this non, you know, sort of Western world thing. And, uh, and that was what, that was a good example of of that. I mean, another one I'd link to that would be the similars, which I think was, which which uh, was another uh, sort of, uh, one from South America, which uh, which is kind of like a very bizarre uh, feature-length episode of the uh, uh, the Twilight Zone, um, and and it really had the sort of feel where you've got all these strange, all these disparate characters uh, trapped in this uh, bus station in the middle of this torrential downpour, and then strange things start to happen, um, and it's sort of it, it just sort of keeps amping up, and and it's got one of those. Like almost old y kind of like uh, overwrought sort of violins scores, the sort of thing you'd expect to get in a sort of '60s film. It's it, it's uh, it's worth it's worth checking out if if you're if you're into uh, you know trying something something a bit different.
1: I t- I t- one film as well. I quite enjoyed, although it wasn't really a horror film as such. I mean, it was more of a sci-fi film really, was uh, there was a film called Realive, alive which was uh, done by the screenwriter who did Vanilla Sky. And um, it was basically about, uh, you, you know, a character finds out that he's got uh, terminal cancer and decides to um, freeze himself and be reanimated and reborn, uh, you know, 80 years later. Um, but it deals with, you know, all of the sort of psychological and emotional ramifications of that and how that affects you know his loved ones and in he, and and his long-term memory and and you know all of this it brings to question all of that st- stuff i mean i guess i guess there are sort of horror elements to it and it's kind of um you know i guess it's a little bit it's got a little bit of frankenstein um in there but uh, but i actually quite enjoyed that um our friend zav, zav rodriguez he, he came and he saw that one, but I, I'm not sure he was that keen on it really. So, um, again,
2: I, I, I have to say I, I was a bit mixed on that one.
1: Were you? Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's whilst it had, it had some really good ideas and good moments. Uh, I, I didn't like the fact that it was kind of voiceover man, the movie. <laughs> yes. um, uh, it, Cause the, the, the lead character who becomes re alive,d as it were, uh, he basically narrates his whole life and, and the whole experience. And and and, the, and he's such a tiresome hipster. He really wound me up. Um, so it, it's rather undercut. This His kind of existential plight was the fact that I thought he was a bit of a prat.
1: Yeah, you were just jealous because they'd picked some young, good-looking cool guy to play the main thing <laughs> you think <laughs> i don't know i'm just joking um i'll tell you one we liked clive that i think we should mention i mean obviously there's this there's, there's too many or we'll be here all night i know but um you and i we went to see that uh, film here alone which was uh, uh, again a, a survival film you know a poster uh, you know a viral outbreak and um it deals with a well, a single woman uh, survival in the in, in in the wilderness, which, you know, on one hand could sound quite boring. But on the other hand, the way they sort of structure it and they sort of mix it in with her her current story and her backstory was actually done quite well. And, and I believe that was made on a rather modest budget as well, wasn't it?
2: It was. I mean, it was it was as much drama as it was uh, survival horror. And I mean, it, it isn't just her. The entire film, you know, the, the other characters do come into it, and it's and, and it's unless you know you're listening to this and you're thinking this is just a film about someone trying to sort of strike two bits of wood together and make it make a fire. there's a bit more, uh, there's a bit more to it than that. But uh, no, it's it, it sort of it, it, it it's a, it's quite, it's a slow burn, but it does build up to quite a. Uh, powerful climax i thought and, and it's um yeah it, it's it, it's very it's very low budget indie but it is incredibly well acted and it's all about the kind of character in that one so yeah, yeah. I, I, I i i agree i mean that was one that was recommended to me by by uh by our friend stuart wright and uh, and he was sort of spot on with that one oh, so. nice
1: one stuart yeah no I, I, absolutely i mean it was one of those films that was you know, well acted and well made. I mean, one of the things I really notice about horror films in general when they're low budget is you either find films are quite well shot and have quite good production values. But the the acting and and the scripting sometimes is not necessarily that great. Or you have something that's a really good idea and a really good script with some, you know, decent performances in there. But just really badly made with all sorts of production values and poor lighting and you you know, bad cinematography and problems like that. So it's, it's it's always interesting. So I think when a, when a, when a film like this strikes that balance, you know, as all films should of of, of balancing all those things well, and and it actually works. Um, it does make it sort of stand out in the crowd. And, and I did sort of feel that, um, from some of the lower budget offerings that was one of the stronger ones
0: so guys what do you, what would you say was your favorite film the festival and which one was like the the worst film of the festival <laughs>
1: movie heaven movie hell
2: <laughs> oh, okay God. keith go, um, do, you, do you know no i don't um all right, I'll go first. where you think then? Go on, then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from uh, if I had to pick one, I guess my movie heaven is Beyond the Gates, which I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my movie hell would be Let Her Out.
0: Okay, which you haven't mentioned before. What was Let Her Out? Oh my
1: God, you really didn't like that, did you? No, I really that? didn't That's like it. that.
2: No, it was it was the uh, the last film on the first night, um, and it's um, it, 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 it you know it's sort of. It's, it's this thing about this young woman who, who sort of starts having these kind of blackouts and she seems to be sort of be taken over by this uh, sort of conjoined twin that she never knew she had. it's one of those type, type stories. Mm. But, uh, and it, you know, it does build to, to like, and a not a, a, like it has like two, it has like two good scenes, which is kind of frustrating. Uh, but, The rest of it is so utterly tedious and the acting and scripting is just, it's full of the most sort of expositional kind of rubbishy dialogue and uh, I I wasn't a fan of it at all. So I I would say uh, uh, to uh, avoid that one.
1: Okay, and... And Keith? Yeah, uh, well, for me, uh, for heaven, it's a real toss up between director's cut or train to Bassan. But I'm guessing if I had to pick one, I'd probably say train to Bassan um, you know, for a more sort of general audience enjoyment. Um you know, you know director's cut was a bit geeky and there were a few things that you know i appreciated in that <laughs> um, but, well uh,
0: you know i mean come on we've been doing this for over a year our, our picks <laughs> for movie heaven are always a personal choice so
1: yeah yeah no no but train to Bassan, i think it, it really worked because that 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 was really emotional i mean they're two very different movies director's cut's very amusing train to busan is, is is very moving so um but yeah train to Bassan i would think it's probably the uh the the strongest one. Um, I'm just trying to think in terms of movie hell. uh, I didn't particularly enjoy um, there was a film called The Chamber, which uh, was this sort of claustrophobic film set in a um, uh, a submersible uh, exploration vehicle, uh, which is sent to do something. I I really appreciated the... um, you know, the, the confined nature of it and, you, you know, the, the whole sort of premise and idea of it. I didn't particularly like the execution of it. I don't know what it was. A lot of people really enjoyed it. But for me, uh, I just thought the script was massively corny. And I just thought the acting was appalling in this. So um, I don't know whether I'm being unfair and I just saw it in a in the wrong mood. It was it was an opening film on one day. So I was probably a bit tired <laughs>
2: but uh, I, I did I mean, enjoy it I, I, I did enjoy it to put, to put a you know sort of counter to that um I I think uh yeah I I thought the claustrophobic thing worked well I thought it you know it, it made you know sort of tense throughout it made me laugh um I think you can tell you got you've got English actors playing Americans in it and you can tell and some of the dialogue was a little bit sort of uh from the uh, you know like we've watched aliens and we're just going to do that sort of playbook you know it it's it, but it's not a perfect film but it, uh, but for me it, it worked in in terms of what it was trying to do
1: so but you said it made you laugh i don't think it was supposed to make you laugh That's no it, what, it, what i think was wrong uh, no,
2: it. I, so it, it's i wasn't laughing throughout there was one there was one bit in particular where where she uh where, where the sort of the lead female character dislocates uh, someone's shoulder, which made me laugh because uh, it, it was it was quite, uh, yeah, it, it was well, quite musical She
1: told them to stop being a baby, <laughs> which I thought was terrible.
2: But there you go. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny, but, there, but that, so there we go.
1: And also that the master cleanse didn't really deliver for me either. Do you remember that one? I do.
2: Again, I like that one. So
1: there yeah. we go. There you go. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, I, I think I avoided the worst one though, which is the one you mentioned, Simon, because <laughs> everybody <laughs> said that was awful. So.
0: Oh, lucky me. <laughs> yeah. It did kind of put me off from uh, seeing any more films, To the truth. I was thinking I was having a much more enjoyable time in the pub than the, uh, than watching films <laughs> uh, that's
2: that's shame but you know yeah. I, I mean for me personally watching a bad film at fright fest if you're going to watch a bad horror movie it's better to do it in 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 good company uh, and you know some of my best fright fest experiences has been watching appalling movies uh, where everyone's laughing at the same things you know the the rubbish rubbishy dialogue the uh, you know the 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 uh, appalling acting the the incredibly uh, ham-fisted attempts at sort of uh, at, at winking at the audience and showing us that they've seen a couple of horror movies. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> and there's a couple of Uwe ball, f- ball, ball films that I particularly enjoyed uh, but just purely because I watched them at Fright Fest and, and, and everyone was laughing along.
0: Well, I mean, I know you say that, but um, I, I'm afraid having been in those screenings where we've had a good old laugh at the film, um, I, I guess it was the audience I was sitting with didn't seem to think they just sat there quiet and not, not, not did anything. So.
2: Well, some, sometimes bad films are just sort of boring bad, aren't they? Yeah. And, and those are the worst kinds. Yeah.
1: Oh, I tell you what was a horrible reality check of how time has moved on. um, I saw a film, it was quite good, called The Devil's Candy. It was quite a decent film. But the um, it had the actress Sherry Appleby in it, who I remember from the brief time that I worked at Paramount uh, on Roswell. And at the time, you know, she was the young teenage girl, yeah? But mm. in this, she was playing the mother. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> she can't be the mother what oh no you know and it was just like a reality check bloody hell 20 years has passed what happened <laughs> i know but she was she's
0: still she was, lovely though she was probably <laughs> in her late 20s when she played a teenager
1: probably there you go but uh <laughs> she was she still looked lovely but uh, um it was it was like a bloody hell i haven't seen her in ages and there she was playing the mother i was like crap that's scary
0: <laughs> so are you guys looking forward to next year's festival
1: well, here's the thing. I'm going to say this on the podcast. I want to go next year to Edinburgh. That's uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow. I could go to Edinburgh. <laughs> there wouldn't be anything on. Uh, no, I, go to Edinburgh. I want, to, I want to go to Glasgow to the Fright Fest there because that's in in like February, I think. That's and right. I just think I'm going to suggest to a group of you know the people I know regulars about possibly doing it as a trip because I've heard that that's much more like the old school Fright Fest before I even went, where it was in one venue over three days. And um, I just kind of fancy that as a change. Uh, I don't know how anybody else feels about that, but uh, I'm thinking of Fright Fest Glasgow next year.
0: Well, uh, I'd love to do it. Uh, It just depends on what my financial situation is like at the time, because it is a case of, you know, going up, travelling up there and, and accommodation and, buying the ticket and stuff. So um, if I'm in a good way, then uh, I will
1: accompany accompany you. Yeah, could be fun. Mm. (laughs) But again, yeah, I'll probably go next year wherever it ends up, you know, in London, whether it's, I don't know whether they're going to go back to Shepherd's Bush or back to Leicester Square. I've no idea.
0: Well, I think the plan was that they were doing two years at Shepherd's Bush because whatever renovations they're doing at the view in Leicester Square was going to take that long. Right. What about yourself, Clive? Are you looking forward to uh, to Fright Fest next year?
2: Well, I always look forward to the next Fright Fest, but uh, you know there are there are other Fright Fest related stuff to look forward to. There's the Halloween All Nighter, mm-hmm. which is on uh, the on the 22nd of October uh, this year, I think. Um, yeah, there's no details
1: uh, of that yet. I looked today, but there's nothing up about that yet.
2: True, but then it's one of those things which you very much have to sort of book. Like blind, not necessarily knowing what the lineup is. I I think often, Um, and uh, and they they the organisers dropped some heavy hints that there would be a special uh, event in January, which they which they couldn't yet announce. So, oh okay, keep your eye on on the website, and you can sort of sign up to their sort of mailing list because they do put out sort of regular newsletters and things. And there's a really great uh, sort of fight fest. facebook page there's forums there's the whole bit so there is a community you can plug into if you're curious and and it's very welcoming you know uh we always want that uh, you know to get new people along get uh you know sort of because there are still sort of people who, who love horror movies love the genre don't don't even know it exists so it's mm. it's it's great to sort of always see new faces there it's getting
1: bigger every year yeah <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's a good place to end it. So, um, Clive, uh, for our audiences, or, where's the best place to find your work?
2: Uh, well, if you're interested in listening to hear me talk more, I don't know why you would be, but because uh, <laughs> you said it like an hour of this or whatever, um, you can go to the A to Z of SFF uh, to listen to the podcast to do with Mr. Rob Wicking's, who's also guested on this fine podcast before, and there we where we talk about various uh, science fiction and fantasy bits of media whether that's film tv uh books comics the whole shebang and and we and we run the gamut from a to z so as as the title suggests uh you can also check out some of my work as a filmmaker if you go to vimeo and search for clive ashenden you'll you'll find uh some of my more recent stuff there
1: and uh keith where can we
0: find your work
1: Yeah, simply go to YouTube and put in British Isles, spelled E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name. And there's some short films that I've made on there. And I'm going to continue to obviously try and get the latest film uh, into festivals. And I will make announcements on this podcast if I get any success.
0: And uh, as always, you can find my work at independentrunnings.com. Also, if you're an Amazon Prime Uh, member you can check out my first feature film blood and roses uh it's available in the uk us japan and germany so just search for blood and roses
1: woohoo that sounds (laughs) cool (laughs) i like it amazon prime yeah
0: (laughs) you can check out this podcast on itunes stitcher and uh youtube and all good uh, podcast providers uh you can follow us on facebook and twitter just search for movie heaven movie hell And uh, if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, please leave us a rating and a review. So that just leaves me to say thank you, Clive, for uh, for joining us to talk about Fright Fest.
2: Uh, It's been my pleasure. I I, I love I love going to Fright Fest, love talking about Fright Fest. And it's always good to be on the podcast. Uh, I will will just say thank you to uh, Paul, Ian, Greg, you know, uh, and Alan, you know, the the organisers of Fright Fest uh you know they they do fantastic stuff every year so and uh you know here's the next here's the next one
1: yeah and and sorry if there's anyone i didn't mention (laughs) but great seeing you guys
0: (laughs) and uh maybe next year i'll be attending
1: (laughs) yay yay get your ass there
0: (laughs) get my ass to mars yes um And thank you, the listener, for uh, joining us for this episode. And uh, uh, join us again next week where we uh, finish off celebrating the uh, 50th anniversary of Star Trek.
1: Ah, With Clive again. Yes. And Rob. And Rob Wickens. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. So we'll we'll see. Kirk. Kirk. (laughs) Gone.
0: Spock.
1: Good night, Jim.
0: (laughs) We'll see you then.
1: (laughs) Good night, Uh, Bones. (laughs)